This is the Dan Grosser Show on 98.7 ESPN. Gordon Damer at Hardest to ESPN at ESPN NY 98 underscore 7 FM. Gordon, you okay? I'll be fine, Larry. I'll get okay. through it. I'll get All through right. it. All right. Let's, let's go to the phone. Every time I say that, though, there's something that something happens. pops up. Yeah, so yeah, maybe I shouldn't happens. say that. All right. Uh, let's go to Massachusetts. That's where Rob's hanging out. What's up? Hey, what's up, guys? Uh, just want to talk about the Yankees. Uh, you guys are right. It's over to talk about, you know, what a disaster the season is, but that feels like it's kind of beating a dead horse, right? So everybody feels like the conversation is now shifting over what's going to happen once the season's over, and rightfully so, right? Boone or the Cashman? Is it Boone or the Cashman, right? I think it's going to be neither because, first of all, it ain't Boone's fault. He's uh, all the analytic uh, data that's coming down to him. I mean, that's, that, that's what he has to use, right? So it's the guys pulling the strings, it's the guys around Cashman. So everybody knows it's Cashman. Everybody knows that team around him that really has to go, but he's the fifth time better, right? So he's not, gonna, so he's not really going anywhere. Uh, another reason why I think he's also not going anywhere is because everybody's looking, saying, you know, uh, you know how, uh, how Steinbrenner's doing the eyeball test. The eyeball test shows what a terrible season. You can see what's happening on the field. So he's going to have some hard questions for Cashman, right? The only problem is you don't know what you don't know. Hal Steinbrenner is not the analytics guy either. So how is he going to sit there or sit uh, Cashman down and say, hey, explain to me. Explain to me why, how, how we have such a high payroll. We also use analytics. And, we, and we're going to be under 500 this season. The only problem is Cashman can say, hey, look, you know, we use the analytics this way. This is the way it says that we're supposed to use them. It just didn't pan out that way. How does he not know that Cashman isn't BSing him on that answer? How would you know? It's like you're, you're, you're running a business. AI is now the latest technology. You need an AI software developer. But you know nothing about AI. Are you going to ask questions in this interview? And when, the, and when he gives you the answers, how do you know if he's BSing you or not? No. Instead, what do you got to do? You got to look back on, like, their, their, their resume, have they provided results in the past, right? So I think this is, uh, in, 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 instead of the move that the Yankees and Cashman usually do about, oh, what's the next big player you know, acquisition we have to add to this roster, how about, how about some fresh new uh, uh, blood in the analytics office? Fine, you can't get rid of Cashman, right? But how about, how about you go gra- uh, throw, throw buku dollars at, 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 at those uh, young, bright minds down in uh, Houston, in Astro, uh, at, at the Astros who, who, who have been doing um, – have been doing wonders with analytics. Why don't you bring them over here so they could show Grandpa Cashman how to connect to the Bluetooth? I hear you, Rom. Thanks for the phone call. Uh, Gordon, I think I will say this. I would not be surprised if Hal Steinbrenner with this team the way this is, because this is bad now, okay, has not asked Omar Minaya or somebody else Give me some ideas for some analytics folks that I can that we can interview and bring in that I want to talk to on the sly. I wouldn't be surprised if he's doing that, Gordon, because if you're a businessman first, okay, businessman first, an under 500 Yankee team means less fans in the seats. An under 500 Yankee team means less, less eyes on yes and less eyes on the yes app. That affects business. And he may not know analytics. He may not even know baseball. He knows money. (laughs) And he knows that money is going out the window until this is fixed. So I wouldn't be surprised if he's doing some research, getting ready for those postseason interviews that he normally does down in, uh, in Tampa. 
well, I, I don't know that Hal has to be Bill James to be able to figure out this ain't working. Uh, yep. If you're, if you're, if you're not, not only not making the playoffs, you're under 500 for the first time in 30 years. How old was Hal Steinbrenner 30 years ago? Wow. I, I think that he'll be able to put that together pretty easily. And you're yep. right. Uh, if, the, if the money starts to dry up, if fans are not going to the game, if ticket sales for next year are not where they were this year, well, then it's all going to add up in the money column. Uh, and, and he'll put it together that way. And look, Cashman has never been – for all the blame we give him about analytics because his analytics are terrible, or at least they have been here for the last few years – he was never the big analytics guy coming up. He was never, he was not Theo Epstein. Mm-mm. He's pivoted to that. Yeah. So I do think that Aaron Boone is toast after this season. Oh, unless, yeah, I think so too. Unless something dramatic turns around. Um, he's going to be toast. And then they're going to they're gonna pivot. They're going to say, well, you know, we, have, we feel like this is the right approach. We, maybe we went a little too heavy that way, but now this is, and they're going to go out and get a former player, I think, somebody who can carry in, in the room that is not seen as the analytics guy, but will take the numbers under advisement. The guys, the names that come up, I think we brought this up before, David Cohn would certainly be one of them, mm-hmm. and Carlos yep. Beltran would be another. Yeah. Does it have to be somebody? Would you prefer, I'll ask you, would you prefer a manager this time with previous managerial yes. experience, or does it matter? No. To me, I, I would like somebody who's done it before. Okay. Because neither one of those you mentioned have. Nope. No, they have not. Yeah, so. Um, well, Carlos had it for a couple of weeks. Well, he he was manager for <laughs> he was manager for a minute. <laughs> he was just for a minute. Manager for a minute. Uh, let's go to Josh in Jersey. What's up, Josh? Hey guys, how you doing? Hey Josh. So, what the Yankees are doing is not analytics. I mean, they're doing what. David Johnson did in the 80s. Computer, spit out, line up, communicate that down to the dugout. Analytics, when you look at the teams that are actually seeing success with it, is identifying something about a player that is not currently being used effectively, acquiring that player, and then changing it. If you look at Verlander, the first time he went to Houston, the guy was, I'm going to throw 96 at the top of the zone. If you hit it, you hit it. He gets to Houston, they make him a slider curveball pitcher. Suddenly his curveball is one of the best pitches in baseball, and he gets back to being the Justin Verlander we know. The Rays keep grabbing random relievers on the scrap heap because they identify a pitch and take that from a secondary pitch for a guy to the primary pitch. So the Yankees, that's not analytics. That's Analytics is improving players that you acquire. The Yankees don't do that. They go acquire known names and don't make them better. Well, I don't know that that's necessarily true. I, I mean, they, they took Clay Holmes, who was not really uh, anything special in, in Pittsburgh, and, and they identified uh, things Thanks, with, with him and uh, and made him into an all-star closer. I think they identified DJ LeMahieu, who's ha- who had a few down years um, in Colorado before he got here, uh, but liked his hard hit rate and stuff like that. So uh, at the end of the day, they have not done a good – their their judgment is bad. And mm-hmm. I think that they are – they are not whatever they're looking at. They're not identifying the right things on that on the the individual player. So, uh, and and a lot of things that they are not taking into account turn out to be the bigger factor, i.e., injuries. Uh, yep. they've gotten a lot of guys who have been hurt a whole lot. Uh, Mark's in Jersey. What's up, Mark? What's going on, Liz? Hey, Mark. What's going on, fellas? How we doing? Hey. Oh, well, I don't know. Okay, so last night I was listening to Ty, and he said something that 
pretty much had me dreaming about the Jets all night. Vegas picked us uh, six best odds to go to the Super Bowl. And, I, and, and me and my mind, you know, I'm having all these visions of touchdowns and interceptions when they try to throw the flat pass and things like that. And Jets fans losing, including me. That's how it was last night. So I'm driving home from work tonight, and then all of a sudden it occurred to me, you know, I'm an optimist, a uh, very, very big one. But uh, I, I heard stuff that made me, maybe I need to become a realist. So I got home and I, I took my green and white pom-poms and put them under my bed. And it was hard to do that because of the optimism. And um, then after that, I started realistically looking at my team, right? Okay, so we got the Laundry League is our offensive line. That's where we drafted them from. And our quarterback, he's old and washed, right? So, you know, instead of Super Bowl, you know, I'd really be surprised if we win a game. That's all I've got. Hi, Mark. Thanks for the phone call. You've gone from one extreme to the other. And um, here's what we're saying. And this is, this is uh, from even from Robert Sala. And I get that he's a coach and coaches are never satisfied, Gordon. I get mm-hmm. that. But when he is talking about how that offensive line played, it means that they're not happy. He's not happy. And so they need to do better. And once again, as we've said, this is the time for them to struggle. If you're struggling, now is the time to struggle so it can be fixed. No matter what the solution is, if it's, as Buddha mentioned earlier, going out and trying to find get another tackle and, and get whatever resources that cost, then that's what you have to do. But they are right now looking at all the different combinations they have, trying to figure out what's the best combination of five to put on to start because this is right now, this is the weakest link on their team. Yeah. I mean, and it's not even close. It's not even close. And and look, and and part of that is, is that most of the other aspects of the team are really strong, right? I mean, you feel like you the quarterbacks, your your skill positions, all this type of stuff. The defense is what the defense you're hoping is going to be. But this is a, this is a big one to have hanging out there. I mean, this is not, this is not uh, third down back. This is the offensive line. And I, look, I don't think it's going to be catastrophic. I don't think it's going to derail the season. Mm-hmm. But the offensive line, if you don't have a good offensive line, if, if the, the offensive line cannot block, if it is this bottom of the barrel where you, you have just question after question after question, it's gonna der- it could derail the season, absolutely. You can't do anything if you don't have a good offensive line. That's where it starts. And see, it's not, not, it's not like we're saying – Oh, the left tackle's not good. We got to find a way to get a left tackle. It's multiple. See, that's the thing, Gordon. It's multiple positions on the offensive line that's been a concern. It's not one position. If you were saying, listen, okay, Makai Becton, we, we, we can't depend on him. All right, so we have Dwayne Brown. Got it. Okay. It, ideally, you'd want it the other way around with the mm-hmm. younger players starting and the veteran players backing them up. But whoever the combination is, the most effective one, okay, <laughs> here he is. But then... Now we're wondering what we're doing on the right side of the line. And then we're wondering, well, what are we doing? You know, what, what's, what, what is the center? We, we love McGovern. He's got more experience. But, you know, we really kind of like Tipman because Tipman's more athletic and Tipman can do this and Tipman can do that. So, you know, it's, it's multiple positions on the line. If it was just one position, you know, you, you scheme it. 
Send the tight end over there. Help him out. That's what you do. Because, Gordon, here's the thing. There's a whole lot of teams in the NFL that don't have a great offensive line. Yeah. Some of them, there's a whole right. lot. Of, nobody I, has a perfect offensive line. Not everybody has a perfect. You do have to kind of figure out things around it, like the Bengals had to last year when their yeah. offensive line was given the problems and they were able to figure it. The issue is, is that it, it's clearly the most glaring issue for the Jets. It's been a glaring issue for a while here, and it's a glaring issue going into the season. Yep. So to think that you are now all of a sudden with the pieces that you put – the pieces that you have are, A, all going to be healthy and good to go, are going to stay healthy throughout the course of the season and not give you the issues that they've given you at other times. Mm-hmm. It seems a bit of a pipe dream. Yeah. Yeah. Now, hopefully it can be fixed. And we'll be sitting back here saying, boy, you know what? Hey, they did a good job. They fixed it. They found a way to get it done. And you know what? It hasn't been an issue. That's what, that's what if you're a Jeff fan, that's what you're hoping. You're hoping that this is going to be fixed and has to be fixed right away. But if it isn't, it's going to be a problem. <laughs> it's very simple. It's going to be a problem. Yep. 1-800-919-3776. Ty Butler at the top of the hour here on 98.7 ESPN. This is the Dan Grosser Show on 98.7 ESPN. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. P.N. So, with Brian Cashman and the Yankees, Cashman's had a good run in New York. He's been here for a very long time. But when you just look at the last two to three years that he's had with this team, it hasn't been just one mistake that he's made that's gotten this team to where they are today. It's been a series of just blunder after blunder. And you go down a huge list of players that they've acquired that have just been bust. You know, the Frankie Montage trade, Scott Efros, Carlos Rodon, Donaldson, Rizzo. I mean, there's just so many issues up and down the team. And, you know, looking forward, how do you get out from under this? Because – in my estimation, I think this might be a team that misses out next season. And if that's the case, then should Brian Cashman be staying? Because at the trade headline, they seemingly had no plan. It was just stick with it. 
So what are you guys' thoughts on this team moving forward? No, I think, Stephen, you, you hit on it. Uh, Larry and I, I think, are in agreement that this Thanks, feels Stephen. like the closing of a window of opportunity. And, yeah. and you don't just automatically open up a new one because you still have to deal with the ramifications of all the things you have left over from your chance at trying to push it in and, 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 and get over the hump. So all the contracts that they've acquired where individually maybe they wouldn't have made those calls in a vacuum – but they took place in real time. So after 2017, when they get a chance, well, we get a chance to add Giancarlo Stanton to a lineup mm. that has Aaron Judge. Of course, we're well, sure, he signed for 12 more years, but who cares? We, we got to have, or DJ LeMahieu, when after the first two years they had him, well, you have fans everywhere. You got to give him anything he wants. Well, what about a six-year con? Oh, boy, oh. a six-year contract? Ugh. There's a lot of those kind of deals. And you're right, over the last couple of years, Brian Cashman's moves have not been bad. They've been horrendous. Yeah. Every single one of them, just about, has been horrendous. So, I, yeah, I don't look at this as being a, a quick fix. I don't expect the Yankees are going to go spend their, their problems away this offseason. I think it's going to be a little while. They, they went 30 years without finishing under 500. Now that they're there, it's going to be a while before you, you're able to fix it. Dave's in the car. What's up, Dave? Hey, thanks for having me on. I agree with uh, everything you're saying about the Yankees. I'd, I have, a, I think the fans, would, some of them anyway, would have a lot more respect for the Yankees if they did a hard reset around Judge. Um, there's just no other way to, to go about it unless you're going to buy and spend, and that hasn't been successful. And I also wanted to make a quick comment about the Jets. You know, I'm not like the biggest Jets fan, but mm-hmm. I have to say, I think some people are pulling – do you think we're pushing the panic button with the offensive line? I mean, you have to understand this team is really loaded now. I know they need chemistry, but there's something about winning that can make a guy take another quarter zone shot, take an extra long ice bath, get a rub down. If this team can just put some wins together with a guy like Rodgers, you'd be surprised how uninjured, unless it's a severe injury, how guys will strap it up every single weekend. I think we're panicking a lot, very much so prior to the start uh, of the season. What do you think? Thanks. I hear what you're saying, Dave. Thanks for the phone call. I, I don't – Gordon, I'm not ready to say it's panic. It's concern and it's frustration because it's a position and it's a position that they have had issues with for a while. And as you've mentioned, they've put a number of rec- – it's not like they've said, well, you know what – It'll, it'll, be fine. it'll figure itself out. Yeah, it'll be fine. No, yeah, come on. You know, eventually, let them play. Let them mm-hmm. once they play together, they'll be okay. No, they. I mean, it's almost. <laughs> there was a uh, Gordon back in the day, I think it was either HBO or Showtime. Might have been Showtime. Did a special about the history of the Temptations and the Four Tops, mm-hmm. and Stevie Wonder was the host, and Stevie Wonder said. Uh, the numbers might be off, but it was something like there have been 14 temptations in 10 different combinations, and I don't know how many suits. But that's the way the Jet offensive line has been. Yeah. There's been a bunch of different players and a bunch of different combinations and a bunch of different folks from numerous general managers, not just Joe Douglas, but general managers even before that. This offensive line, Gordon, let's be honest, this offensive line has not recovered since Nick Mangold and DeBrickashaw Ferguson left. I mean, they were mainstays on that line. Ago. Yeah, absolutely. And, 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 you know, and Willie Colon came in and other people came in. Damian Woody came in, but, but 
but Ferguson and Mango were the staples of that line with Alan Fanica. And even then on the other side, that's why they brought Damian Woody in because the left tackle, the right tackle wasn't wasn't good. And they were trying to figure out, well, what could we do with right tackle uh right yeah, right tackle? Because Brandon Moore was the right guard and he was solid. So really since what, 2015, Gordon? This offensive line has been like a work in progress. They've been trying to figure out what's going on with this line. And and so that's that's the frustration that you're hearing, Dave, from the Jet fans and the fact that why can't we go into this saying the offensive line is going to be okay? You can't even say it's going to be okay right now. When you're looking ahead to a season in any sport, really, especially the NFL, though, I think a lot of times fans look at what the the strengths of teams are. Well, this team is going to be good because their strengths are this and that and this thing and that thing. Mm -hmm. Where really what you should be saying is, what's the weakness of the team? Where is the weakness? Because if you got a glaring weakness, almost certainly it's going to be exposed over a long season. Now, if your weakness isn't that bad a weakness, that might be more important than having some two or three super great strengths. You want to have balance across. And unfortunately for the Jets, their big weakness, and it's an important one, is the offensive line. Now, the offensive line wasn't great last year, and that wasn't really the problem. No, the problem was the quarterback. So it might be okay this time too. Mm-hmm. But when you last year, you didn't have the expectations of this year. So nope. that's why the weakness is going to be more glaring now because you take a look at and it really has not been added to. And generally, if you have a weakness and you don't add to it in the offseason – it becomes a bigger weakness. Yeah, no question about it. And, you know, hopefully, Gordon, they'll figure it out. You know, there's still time to figure it out. We haven't started in, the season yet. In, in Yankee words, it would be, we have the men in the room. That's right. We're in it to win it. Other than the first block, I didn't see anything wrong. one 800 Your calls are next on 9870 ESPN. This is the Dan Grasser Show on 98.7 ESPN. I've actually are actually under 500, a two and seven road trip and shut out again. And really, you can't blame pitching tonight. No. I mean, the kid and the bullpen, they, they held Atlanta to what, four mm-hmm. hits? Mm-hmm. Well, I, One I, bad I, personally, pitch. I personally would like to thank the Yankees. Because if they're going to lose, at least lose quickly. Yeah, they and do a good boy, job of they, that. They, did it, it, they were almost in uh, Marty McFly's DeLorean going back in time. They, they, <laughs> this game was over so fast. This is amazing. Yeah. yeah. And, and, you know, it's funny because uh, uh, Aaron Boone continually points out that there's a, lot, there's a high care factor. Oh, we care. The, the care factor. The oh, care percentage care. is very oh, high. Care. Could you imagine if they didn't care? What would, uh, they, would they score negative runs? <laughs> I mean, could it be any worse than this? If they this didn't after care. saying they were showing some signs of traction, Larry. <laughs> That's right. Some signs of traction. Uh-huh. That's it. And they got a quarter of the season left, Gordon. Oh, my God. A quarter of the season left. So they got, and I guess that means there's time to turn it around. Right? Sure. Okay. Oh, sure there is. Sure uh, there is. You know, every once in a while, Gordon, my ex-nephew, mm-hmm. ex being ex from Twitter, ex. Yes, uh-huh. I got you. Jay Blaze NYC weighs in. He says, Uncle L, Uncle L, Uncle L. Here's my big New York Yankee issue, Gordon. Mm-hmm. The free agent pitching crop is good. The Mets needed two. Corn will clearly spend the money that Howe won't 
allow Brian to spin. So for the Yankees, where is the pitching help coming from next season? Well, in fairness to how would you let Brian Cashman spend the money at this point? See, that's the thing. See, I... What now at the end do? of the day, it goes back on Hal because he shouldn't he shouldn't have him making the decisions if you don't anyway. trust him to spend the money. Anyway, you're right. Mm-hmm. But the team's got to improve. Yeah. So what do you do? You got you got to be out there to do. You need. I mean, yeah. I, there really was bad. a um, there's a former really Yankee bad. prospect who was on this podcast foul territory. A guy by the name of Ben Ruda. Okay. And he was uh, talking about the Yankee organization, and he said that. Um, that he fully expects they're, they're going to clear house in the minor leagues after this year because the coaches in the minor leagues were all brought in by Dylan Lawson Uh-oh. and the analytics guys. So uh-huh. he said that those guys will all be gone. Um, he said that there's not any teaching taking place. That he Ooh. played in the – I'll give you the quote. They will change the development culture back to the old Yankee days. Keep in mind, I played in the Yankees organization before analytics and then after, stark difference in development. Um, here's all you need to know. In 2020, before COVID hit spring training, we played a game called pitchers and hitters. The only way to score a point was to walk or hit a ball 95 mile an hour plus. There's no baseball being taught there anymore. No base running, moving runners, fundamentals, etc. And then he had a tweet that I think really kind of hits on where the Yankee fan base gets their frustration from. And it's not just the not winning part of it. But he said, New York is a tough market, fans and media. Analytics are fine. But when you have a bad product and it's obvious and it gets defended by constantly telling you it's not as bad as it looks because so and so analytic is actually really good. This is how a fan base gets frustrated. And I Mm -hmm. I think he hit that. Uh, he hit that 95 plus. He hit that right on the head. Yep. He's a thousand percent right. He's a thousand percent right. Well, that explains why you're not getting a lot of help from your minor league system, Gordon. Yeah. That it's explains al- it's it. almost unbelievable. You would think that the, like, I don't know what the Yankees' budget is for the minor leagues, mm-hmm. but you would figure that they'd be able to find a way to produce you young think. talent, right? You would think so. Apparently not. No, not apparently. Marty's in Jersey. What's up, Marty? Hey, what's up, guys? Hey, guys, how are you? How are you? Uh, Good, man. You guys are great to get on the radio. I really enjoy listening. Thank you. Um, All right, so on a scale of 1 to 10, how how bad would you rate the Yankee situation right now? 25. (laughs) Okay. All right, perfect. Now, now, Now I want you guys to close your eyes, and I want you to pretend that it's that it's 2026 right now, okay? Mm-hmm. And you have Aaron Judge, who's 34, making 40 million. Yep. Cole, who's 35, making 36 million. Mm-hmm. Rondon, who's uh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Rodon, who's um, 33 now, making 27 million. Stanton is making his 29 million at 36, and Lemayhew's making 15 million at 37. So we're going to be going into 2026 with just those players on the books as of right now. A hundred and forty-seven million dollar payroll with just those players. Um, I I I believe that this little Ponzi scheme that Cashman did is is just imploding, and it's not going to get any better any sooner. And and I just don't think that he could pivot out of this. Um, these contracts in Cole and 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 in Judge, which are good contracts, are eventually contracts. And then when you multiply it on to the rest of the rest of the team, I, I just don't see. It. For 
for the next five to seven years. I just want to hear your thoughts. I hear what you're saying, Marty, and, and thanks for the phone call. Uh, Gordon, I would think by then you probably would be willing to move LeMayhew and pay the last year mm-hmm. or last couple of years of that salary. Mm-hmm. I think he'd be willing to do that. So that salary would be kind of off the books yeah, to, to make a change. Uh, Rodon you're stuck with. Hopefully he'll pitch better and he'll he'll give you something. I mean, this year is, is, is a wasted year. It's a wasted year. Hopefully he's better next year. Mm-hmm. Okay? Um, as far as Cole is concerned, see, when you go into deals like that with Cole and with Judge, you understand that the back end of that deal is may not going to be it's not going to be great. You know but that. you're hoping that at least they've gotten you to a, a mm-hmm. championship. If they give you even if you just get you, you of course you want every championship you can get. But if they give you at least one, you'll deal with that back end. You know what I'm saying? You'll mm-hmm. deal with the back end of it not being great. Okay? And then you just hope not to repeat the same mistakes. So, I hear what you're saying. I don't know what to do about Stanton. Stanton is, Stanton is the situation where you may have to take a page out of Cohen's book. And once again, he also has a no trade. But he might be willing, what, what Gordon, maybe to go back to L.A. somewhere or go to L.A. Maybe he wants to go to the Angels or something of that nature. And maybe you can make the difference where we'll pay half the salary and the, we'll pay a, a, a piece of the action. The Marlins are paying a piece of the action. And so the team that gets him will only be paying like a third of his salary. But, but eventually – you're going to have to move on from him, Gordon. You, you, he's an albatross in your lineup right now. That's why I was surprised that they made that deal at the time because they had just gotten out of the A-Rod contract. Yeah, and, the and last they said they weren't going to do that, that again. Right, yeah. That that was obvious that that was um, a bit of an albatross. And, and this one was worse because Stanton always was kind of – he always kind of had old man skills. He, he was a big power guy. Uh, he can play the outfield, but he was never really no. He was he was home runs. That's what he was he was going to bring to the table. He was going to bring you know, a whole lot of home runs. And at the time, after getting to within a game of the World Series, you can understand the you gave up nothing to get him. Who cares about 2024, 2025? We're in 2019. We're in 2018. But those contracts always go bad, and his has gone bad really early. Yeah, you were hoping yes. that it would be like the last year or two, and you could deal with it. Yeah. He's got four more years, Larry. I know. He's under contract. I think it's till 2027. I don't know what you do with him. Uh, I really don't know what you can I, do with I him. Can't, I can't wait. I, I will predict this now. Next year he will be here, and they'll tell you he's in the best shape of his life. And he may be, but it doesn't mean that that doesn't translate wow. to him hitting. No, I, I mean anybody who you ever hear is in the best shape of their life. It's because it? they're on the de- on the downside. They're on the decline. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, excuse me. Oh, yeah, he's under contract through twenty twenty seven. So you I mean, still have him for four more seasons. And see, here's the frustrating thing about him this year, especially, mm-hmm. is he's had injuries before. Yeah, but when he's come back after a down period, he's normally gotten hot for like two, three weeks, maybe a month. Yep, you haven't seen anything close to that, Gordon. I mean, he looks, the bat looks slow. He looks like he's been, and this is no joke, but he looks like, like Rizzo, like he doesn't know where the ball's going. He's guessing, like almost it seems like ninety percent of the time, and he swings it. The pitchers are like, "What are you swinging at?" I just shake my head looking like, what are you swinging at? You can't hit that pitch. You can't hit it. And Gordon, he swings hard and, none, and comes up empty a lot. 
I would almost feel better in some ways if the Yankees told me he was hurt. It would give you something. Yeah. It would give me something to feel like, all right, maybe they can fix that. Because yeah. right now it feels like, woof, man, oh, man, oh, man. But he just, it, it's like he can't even reach the ball sometimes, Gordon. No, it's, I mean, he's swinging it. Like, he's guessing and he's wrong. and A lot. The, the, ball, the ball's so far outside, even Angel Hernandez wouldn't call it a strike. <laughs> and that's outside. That's People outside, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Rough. Darren's in Jersey. What's up, Darren? Hey, Dylan, thank you for taking me. You know, I just want to talk about Aaron Rodgers. I think he's on a mission. The hunger is there. If the line can hold up, uh, I think they can go all the way. I know it's a long season, but what do you think? Well, Darren, I'll say this, and thanks for the phone call. I don't question Aaron Rodgers' motivation here, okay? He wants to show Green Bay that he's still got something. And he also wants to show Green Bay that if you had let me have just a little little bit more control oh man i would have really ah what could i have what i could have done for the city of green bay look at how i own new york since i've been here i go to the garden and watch the rangers and the knicks i go to plays i go to concerts i was hanging out with drake i'm all over the place gordon i'm all over the place i could have done that for you in green bay but all I asked for was some help offensively. That's all I asked. That's all I asked. And you refused to do it. And not only did you not give me help offensively, as far as the receiver is concerned, you drafted a quarterback. Oh, no, 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 no. So I don't question at all his motivation to show that he still has something left and he can still be a very good player. The, the, the question I have is, in a very tough conference, can this Jet organization – that has not made the, the playoffs in over a decade, can they navigate through waters where they haven't been? I mean, think about this, Gordon. There is nobody on this team that remembers what the playoffs were when the Jets were there. There's nobody here. There's no, nobody on this current roster coaching anything like that, as far as I can think of. Nobody. Okay? So, now, people have had experiences elsewhere going to the postseason right. and stuff like mm -hmm. that. But, you know, it's... This group together, navigating through those waters, uh, you know, everything's got to go right for this team, Gordon. And everything doesn't go right for anybody in the National Football League. <laughs> and generally, it has not been the Jets, right? We, no, we use the phrase same old Jets, and they're out to prove that it's not the same old Jets. And, and there's a lot of reasons for why people would expect big things out of this Jets team last year. We saw it last year. There were times last year. Where mm -hmm. people thought, here come the Jets. After they Absolutely. won that game against the Packers, here come the Jets. But the quarterback position imploded. Yep. It absolutely imploded. So, if you've replaced, I would think, one of the worst quarterbacks we've ever watched with a guy who's won four MVPs and even in a down year last year would have had one of the best seasons in Jet history as the quarterback, Mm -hmm. there's reason for that for you to look at this season with very high expectations the highest of expectations you know what i always say gordon they're due they're due <laughs> i'd like to believe in due they're due they they they're if due. anybody is due larry the jets are due they're the due jets to at due. least they're due to get to the postseason now whatever happens after that is gravy because you have to get to the post you have to get to the postseason with Aaron Rodgers as your quarterback. Everything else, you know, yeah, then it's like, okay, how successful are they? Do we get past the first round? Are they, are they, Gordon, are they a division winner? And they don't have to play in the first round. They move to the second. They get the first round mm -hmm. by. 
You know, so it's it's the regular season is the most important thing for this team, how they navigate through it. And listen, uh, watching them, I think the defense is going to be good. I think the defense will take uh, some steps to get even better than they were last year. And on paper, offensively, they, they should be markedly better. I mean, Gordon, this was a team that was seven and four with no quarterback play. No quarterback. <laughs> the quarterback was a I mean, seven it, and four. Seven and four. And yeah, they yeah, I know as people say, well, they had three games against the third string quarterback. That's who they play. They don't have. They don't get to choose. I don't hear anybody bringing that up about the Giants. The Giants had a cake schedule early on last year when they were building up all those wins. Yeah. And then when the competition got a little tougher, they kind of hit some hard times, and they, yeah. now they eventually came they back around it. and got into the playoffs and all. Mm-hmm. And won a playoff game. That's all great. Yeah. But yeah. you are. It's not about. Uh, it, it, it's your record is who you are. That's, That's it. You know the old line, and, and just in terms of the Jets' playoff draft. The NFL, you're not supposed to go that long without making no. a playoff. The Jets no. have the longest playoff drought at 12 years. The second place team is the Broncos at seven. The Jets' drought is almost double what the second place's team's playoff drought is. Yeah. And the Lions, who we all agree have never, they're never good. <laughs> their playoff drought is only six years. Yeah. Wow. Theirs is half of what the Jets is. Yeah. They're always bad. They're always <laughs> bad, Larry. Always no, it doesn't bad. matter. There's never been a year where you're like, "Wow, the Lions, man!" Look at those Here Lions. They Here they come. Well, this year, the, the, that's this year, this is the one, this, one of the few is, years. Speaking of their due, yeah. Oh, they are really due. They are really due. <laughs> they really do. So is Chicago. They really do. Really do. Well, but nobody's due like Cleveland. <laughs> no, Cleveland's Cleveland's due as well. Cleveland's but past the Jets, due. The Jets have the, the they have their own. They got their own issues. They got their own issues. They do. We'll wrap up this edition of the Dan Grasser Show. Hardest Damien for Dan. And then get you ready for Big Daddy Ty Butler at the top of the hour here on 98.7 ESPN.